Lecture topic: The effect of Tazkia. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladin astafa. Amma ba'du fa'udu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. لقد من الله على المؤمنين إذ بعث فيهم رسولا من أنفسهم يتلو عليهم آياته ويزكيهم ويزكيهم ويعلمهم الكتاب والحكمة وإن كانوا من قبل لفي ضلال مبين صدق الله العظيم Most respected Ulamai Kiram, brothers and elders. Allah Ta'ala sent down the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam for the guidance of mankind. And this was such an important aspect that the very first insan on earth, Allah Ta'ala already appointed him a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. That Nubuwat started off right at the inception of Insaniyat. And the purpose was that this insan requires guidance. He needs somebody to show him the way. Because without this, how is he going to ever realize what is his path, where is he supposed to head to, how must he get to his destination, which road on earth has somebody ever successfully traveled without having been told what's the direction. So some road that's going to lead not just to some destination in dunya, but the person who wants to travel the road that leads all the way to the destination of Jannat which passes through the terrain of dunya and goes past Qabr and through all the conditions of the day of Qiyamah and will have to cross Kul Sirat and then if he has successfully traversed through all these terrains then eventually he'll reach the destination of Jannah so the small little journeys of dunya people are now first punching in the garment or the whatever other way of navigating, the route to Jannat, we're going to be able to find out on our own. That's not possible. So Allah Ta'ala sent down Anbiya Salam, the very first man on earth, Allah Ta'ala appointed him as the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala already. That he will be the first person on earth, he'll be the first guide on earth as well. And then the last and final messenger of Allah Ta'ala was Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallam, Allah Ta'ala made the last and final messenger till Qiyamah who will be the guide for all mankind till Qiyamah clearly showed the path and gave us the complete direction. In this regard, Allah Ta'ala himself enumerates this favor. This greatest of favors that Allah Ta'ala has blessed insan with. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran Sharif, لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِّنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ So Allah Ta'ala's tremendously great favor. Favor beyond favors. Allah Ta'ala's greatest favor 
Allah Ta'ala sent among them a Rasul, ba'atha fihim Rasulam, min anfusihim, from among them. Meaning, that this Rasul could have been some angel also, and it could have been an angel that came down and explained what Allah Ta'ala wants from us. But had they been an angel that came down to do this, then insan would have said, but I'm not an angel, I'm a human being. So since I'm a human being, how can I be expected to follow an angel? Angel is on another level. Let alone angel, we find that excuse for ourselves regarding anybody. We talk about the Anbiya Ali Musalatu Salam, or we hear about it. So we say, well, they were the Anbiya Ali Musalam. Where are we? So somebody talks about the Sahaba Ikram. says, they were Sahaba, where are we? We are far away. If somebody talks about the awliya of Allah Ta'ala, the very great pious personalities. They were great awliya. I am a very sinful servant. So now, the Anbiya Muslim, we left them out of the equation, so to say. And the Sahaba also, we say, meaning in terms of our ability to follow carefully, we say we're not able to do this. Not able to follow the Sahaba Ikram very closely. Not able to follow the awliya Ikram very closely. And then who's left? So then the, what gets left is to follow nafs and shaitan. Because anybody of piety is too far ahead of us. So who's left? Nafs and shaitan would left. So now the person starts following in the footsteps of nafs and shaitan. So whereas Allah Ta'ala sent these personalities for our guidance, for us to follow in their footsteps. And this has been emphasized in the Quran Sharif over and over again. So in any case, in this ayat Allah Ta'ala says, Allah Ta'ala sent a Rasul from amongst them. Yatlu min anfusihim. And what was the responsibility and the function of this Nabi of Allah, what did he do? This was his role, this was his responsibility to show insan how to get to that destination of Jannah and how to connect themselves to Allah. So Allah says, among the primary functions of Nubuwad, Yatlu alayhim ayati. He recited the ayat that Allah Ta'ala revealed upon him, the ayat of the Quran Sharif. The recitation of the ayat to the Sahaba Ikram, to the people at large, this was one is that this was the wahi of Allah Ta'ala. So this had to be recited to people to make them know what Allah Ta'ala has revealed. But this was a form, this was the manner of da'wat. By means of the initial recipients were the Arabs and this was their mother tongue and the Quran Sharif came down in their dialect and in their tongue in the language of the Arabs. So they were the direct recipients who understood the Quran Sharif and understood the literary excellence of the Quran Sharif as well. That this is beyond any human being to try and make up something like this. This is divine revelation. So this was Dawat. This was inviting people by means of reciting the ayat of Tawheed, the ayat of Risalat, the ayat of Akhirat, and making people conscious of Allah Taala and the greatness of Allah Taala and the reality of Akhirat. So this was one function of Nubuwad. And this Nabi Islam did right to his last moment. So in the recitation of the ayat was to teach the ayat as well. But this was mainly and primarily the aspect of Dawat. 
And then together with that Allah Ta'ala says, وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ That together with this, the second function of Nubuwat was, that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, يُزَكِّيهِمْ purified the Sahaba Ikram. Allah Ta'ala sent down his Rasul with this responsibility as well, that he will make tazkiyah. Now in another place in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, وَاللَّهُ يُزَكِّي مَنْ Allah Ta'ala makes tazkiyah of who he wishes. Allah alone is the muzakki. But here Allah Ta'ala says regarding the Rasul of Allah Ta'ala, yuzakkihim, he makes tazkiyah. So in reality, the tazkiyah muzakki is Allah Ta'ala. But Allah Ta'ala made the Anbiya Ali his vicegerents. That what they thought and their Mubarak company, the effect of their company was such that a person for one brief moment came in their company with Iman, then that transformed him from nowhere to so far away and so high that after the Sahaba Ikram, after Rasulullah left this dunya, no other person could become a Sahabi. So no matter from that time till Qiyamah, all the awliya Ikram and everybody can get together, they can't reach the rank of that person who was in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu for one brief moment with Iman. That was the tazkiyah that happened to that level already in that one brief moment. So this was one function of the word, the tazkiyah. So what we understand, if this was a primary function of nubuwad, tazkiyah, that Allah Ta'ala made these personalities such personalities of barakat, and such great effect that through their means Allah Ta'ala transformed people's hearts in moments. Because dunya is a place of means, Allah Ta'ala made them the means of this. And Allah Ta'ala is enumerating this as one of the primary functions of nubuwad. So subhanallah, what is being explained to the mankind till qiyamah is that how important this fact this aspect of life is. That if the Ambiyani Muslim was sent to make tazkiyah, so which means every person needed the tazkiyah. Like if it is now a matter of drought, and people are thirsty, there isn't a drop of water, say somebody is now driving around with some tanker, what is he driving around with the tanker for? For people to wave at him and tell him, mashallah, you're doing a good job. Nobody even asks him why you came. They rush to him. You brought something that's saving our life. Because that's the time that everybody needs that water. Don't have that water. Like that water is understood as a life-saving need. Without which, physically we can't survive. Likewise, the tazkiyah is a life-saving need for our spiritual survival. Without that tazkiyah, spiritually a person cannot survive. If a person loses that water completely, he'll get dehydrated. Maybe there's still some life in him, but as a result of that dehydration, he will become so weak, he won't be able to walk. Maybe if the dehydration extends further, he won't be able to talk also. He'll be a living person who's like lifeless. Because of dehydration. Without the water, he is so far away from life in reality, so to say. Though he's living still. Likewise, 
without the hydration of tazkiyah for our spiritual selves. A person, mashallah, the iman is there, but that iman will sometimes be at such an ebb that spiritually a person is like almost not even there. The iman is there, but like that person now is so dehydrated he can't walk, he can't even lift his head. This person is spiritually so dehydrated, let alone get to the masjid, his salah is becoming qaza, he can't pick his foot up to now get to his salah. His hand is so weak, he can't touch the Qur'an Sharif. His eyes are so weak, it can't be moved away from some haram. His tongue is so weak, it can't be stopped from vulgarity. And his heart is so weak, that he just can't even allow anything to stick to it in terms of anything good, anything that will inspire him towards Allah wa ta'ala. It all just brushes off and bounces off. So like that water is desperately needed for his physical survival, without tazkiyah, his spiritual survival also is very, very difficult, if not totally impossible. In fact, it is fundamentally necessary. After all, Allah Ta'ala made it part of the functions of nubuwat. A person gets employed to do something, so now in his contract, they have the most important tasks that he's going to have to perform. But alongside, somewhere down, there'll be one clause, and other general duties related to the, whatever the job at hand is. So now there are many other general things, but now these are things which are of a secondary nature, or not even really too serious. So everything is now not mentioned in detail. But the primary functions of the person, the primary tasks that he is going to be required to perform, that is not left in one general clause. Now you come here, you see what you need to do and you do something. In this ayat, Allah Ta'ala is highlighting the tasks of nubuwat. Whereas Rasulullah did so much that we can't even count. But here in the ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah highlights these three things. The first is yatlu alayhim ayatihi. Second, yuzakkihim. And then the third aspect, وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ and he teaches them the kitab and hikmah, the Qur'an and the hadith, the hadith sharif of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He taught the Qur'an sharif. When he recited the ayat, that was the means of da'wat. And then he taught it. So this is ta'aleem of the Qur'an and sunnah. This too is the primary functions of nubuwat. Which then Nabi sallallahu alayhi passed on to the ummah to continue with all this till qiyamah. But the lesson for us now in this aspect is... That on the one side, Nabi Islam recited the ayat, we have to recite the ayat as well. Make tilawat a part of our daily life. No day should go past that tilawat didn't take place. In the Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala, he says that home wherein tilawat takes place. As a result of that tilawat, the barakat of that tilawat, the shayateen flee from that home. The malaika come into the home. The home becomes ittasa'a ala ahlihi. Literally translated, it expands for the inhabitants. Now if that home is whatever dimensions it is, if it is a 50 square meters, it's not going to become 100 square meters. If it is 100 square meters, it's not going to become double and become 200 square meters. But when that will expand in terms of the barakat, 
then that 50 square meters will give more sukoon and peace than a 500 square meter home if it's devoid of barakat. If that 500 square meters is devoid of barakat, then that too will be claustrophobic. And if there's barakat, then that 50 square meters also will give comfort. That too will become a place of sukoon, a house in Arabic, maskan. Maskan means a place of sukoon, literally place of sukoon. A place where there is peace, there is happiness. So now this Quran Sharif, tilawat of the Quran Sharif, brings the malaika into the home. It causes the shayateen to flee. It becomes comfortable for the inhabitants, regardless of the size. And so many other aspects are mentioned. And then when the Quran Sharif tilawat does not happen, then the opposite takes place. The malaika leave, the shayateen come, and baqa ala ahlihi. That mansion also becomes claustrophobic. Mention my Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala. So it becomes very, very like a narrowed place. Like a very difficult to live place. The result of not having any tilawat in the home. So, in any case, yatlu alihim ayatihi. Then when you him, this aspect of tazkiyah. Now what is this tazkiyah all about? Tazkiyah means purification. And we understand the word itself already what purification means. Purification of all the base qualities that lurk inside the heart of man. If a person sometimes is ill, so one is he's sick, he's ill, but he's aware that he's unwell. He's aware that this is an ailment I have. So now when he's aware, then now there's a chance he's going to make some effort and do something to now treat himself. Depending now, first he'll start off with something light and something on a lower level, but then that doesn't seem to be helping. But he's aware he's ill, he's aware this is a problem. I'm having some breathing difficulty or something else is a problem. So now then he goes to the doctor and then that doesn't seem to really work yet. Then now he's getting an appointment with some specialist. And then the specialist is saying, no, we need to do some scans and some MRI and whatever else. And then eventually he say, no, we have to admit you for observation. We still don't even know fully what's the problem, but we need to admit you. We can't get to the root of this without admission. And over several days of observation and tests and whatever else, now we'll perhaps be able to see now what's going on and try to now diagnose the problem and treat it. So now all this had to be done, but when it, when the process started, the process started when the person realized he's not well. If that realization of being unwell is not there, what he's going to do? Just today somebody was discussing something, so now he's trying to help some family member. So he says the family member has a major problem. What's his problem? He says, no, often he is doing things, he's saying things. But for that moment, everybody else around is observing what's going on. Five minutes later, he's coming back, so to say. But he has no idea what he said. He has no idea what he did. He's completely... Un- five minutes later, he has no idea what happened in the past five minutes. Now he's coming back to, so to say, reality. And now people are telling him, you said this, you did this. He has no idea. So now they're telling him, okay, you don't know what's going on. 
But this is what happened. People all around you observe this. So now you need to get some treatment. He says, nothing wrong with me. So now everybody is trying to convince him that you need some treatment. He is saying, there's nothing wrong with me. But now everybody is seeing something very unusual about how he's conducting himself. But he is not accepting that there is an issue. So now there's no chance that this person is going to take any treatment. And if he's not going to take any treatment, so now what's going to be the result? The ailment starts escalating, increasing. Then sometimes, when the final the matter gets finally attended to, say if you came one month ago, we might have been able to do something. Now one month later, this thing has gone too far. Now it is beyond us to do anything. Now that happens in day-to-day -day life in terms of medical things. So likewise, this tazkiya is regarding the heart. They are spiritual ailments. And we are sometimes oblivious of. We are sometimes completely unaware. Sometimes we don't have any idea that these things are lurking. But like that MRI will show something, oh, sometimes that doctor has that expertise now with a few just simple he'll look at the person and just some one two questions and he'll pick up what's going on so somebody else might have that expertise might have that insight into issues of the nature they'll be able to tell us oh, this is a problem here but to us there's no problem to us it's all fine but when a person now accepts to go to somebody to relate the issues to start off with if he knows the issues or to put himself forward this is what my issue, my situation is and that will then be now diagnosed that look this is a problem here this needs to be sorted out this needs to be attended to now this is the process of this tazkiya this is how this purification takes place and what is the what happens as a result of this purification as a result of this purification the person's salah becomes salah. His tilawat becomes tilawat. His zikr now becomes zikr. His dua now starts becoming dua. And now he starts finding something, that there's something called the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. Which before was just some, life was carrying on as a routine. No, there's something beyond just carrying on as a routine. There's something to aspire for, the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. Now he starts finding something that's beyond just doing things for the sake of just maybe sometimes staying out of trouble. Or better than that, for the reward. He says, no, there's something even beyond that. To do it purely out of love for Allah Ta'ala. All this comes when? When there is tazkiya. There was a very great personality, Hazrat Mawlana Rashid Ahmad Dangoi Rahmatullah So once his sheikh wrote to him, Hajim Zadullah Muhajir Makki Rahmatullah and he wrote him, from a while I haven't heard from you. So, you should write what your halat are, what's, what's going on, how things are, in terms of your spiritual progress, what's going on. So out of his humility, he started off by saying, I didn't write because there's nothing for me to write about. Meaning, what could I explain? I have nothing. So, but nevertheless, on instruction, I'm now putting forward that this is what, alhamdulillah, with the fazl of Allah Ta'ala, your barakat, this is what has happened. And then he wrote three things. The three things he wrote, the first thing he wrote was, that 
غیر سے نفع و ضرر کا کوئی التفات نہیں اینی ون بسائز اللہ تعالی الحمد للہ آئی ڈونٹ ہیو دا سلائٹسٹ مائی ہارٹ از ناٹ فوکسڈ ٹوز اینی بڈی ان اینی وے ان ٹرمز آف اینی ہوپ آف بینیفٹ اور اینی فی آف ہارم that my heart is totally alhamdulillah completely at ease that if any benefit is going to come it will come only from Allah Ta'ala and therefore if I need anything any benefit I turn to Allah alone and if there's anything of any difficulty harm it doesn't nothing bothers me about insan and makhluk that this person can harm me in this way and that person can do this and that law will change this for me and cause difficulties for me and whatever else focus is towards Allah alone if Allah wants something to happen it will happen otherwise nothing can happen so the heart is completely at ease now this is a very very high level of Tawheed this is actually an expression of the level of Tawheed and Tawheed is Aslul Usul that's the most fundamental principle in a mu'min's life if the Tawheed is not yet put in place in order everything else is like person building a home on a foundation is not it's not level it's still not yet firm enough so everything else is going to be shaky also the most important thing is that tawhid now this what he's expressing sounds like something very very ordinary but it's not ordinary this is stemming out of a very high level of tawhid person's entire focus to allah allah alone Then something very similar, but now this is on a different note. He says, Madah wa zam, dono barabar ho gaya. Madah means praise and zam criticism. The praise and criticism of people have become equal. Become equal meaning? Neither does anyone's praise, alhamdulillah, have any effect. And nor does anybody's criticism have any effect. Why is not having any effect? If a person's entire focus is towards Allah Ta'ala, so his only concern is, is my Rabb happy with me? So if somebody praises me, but if Allah Ta'ala is displeased with me, the whole world praises me, what good is it? If the whole world is saying, MashaAllah, you are this and you are that, and the whole world is saying that you, there's nobody like you around, but if Allah Ta'ala is displeased with me, is that going to be of any benefit to me? When I'm going to be laid in the qabr, will the praises of people be of any avail to me? On the day of qiyamah, will the people praising, will they come to me of any benefit to me? If Allah Ta'ala is displeased with me. And if the whole world can criticize, but if Allah Ta'ala is pleased, I haven't displeased my Rabb, so what does it matter? What does it matter? Why should I bother about it? So the entire focus is towards Allah Ta'ala. This too stems from that Tawheed. Madah wazam barabar ho gaya. That criticism and praise both have become equal meaning. Neither does this have any effect that that praise now blows a person up. And neither does the criticism have any effect that now that balloon that got blown up with the praise, this criticism, one thorn and one needle came and poked it and everything fell flat. Neither does the praise make any difference and nor does the criticism make any difference. What is the entire concern? My Rabbi is pleased or not? Is Allah Ta'ala pleased? And if Allah is the biggest problem, there's no problem beyond that. 
And then the third aspect he mentioned was umur sharia meaning that the laws of shariat, the laws of shariat have become like natural. The laws of shariat have become like a person. If a person is, sometimes somebody is sitting, he is very sick, he is very, very weak, he is very tired, he's so tired, somebody told him that, that glass that's next to you, please give it, he say, look, I'm so tired, you come take it yourself. He can't even pick the glass up. But now it's the same person suddenly told him, now it's, I mean, the food is out. So it's on the Dasar Khan now, the food has been dished out. So now he was so tired and so weak, he couldn't pick the glass up. But now he can pick his legs up and move to the Dasar Khan. And mashallah, he can eat with much energy also. Well, after all, why? Because that's natural. Something natural, even on this note also. Likewise, that same person couldn't even raise his hand to pick that glass up. But now suddenly he had the urge to go and relieve himself. That's natural, part of insan, insan's need. Regardless of all his tiredness and how ill he is, he, without any hesitation, he wakes up and he's gone. Now what is the, this is the effect of what is naturally the need of insan. Insan's nature. He moves towards what is beneficial for him. He naturally moves away from what is harmful for him. All this is part of his tabiyat. He says, like that, alhamdulillah, the aspects of shariat have become natural. That if it's time for salah, it's not possible to go in any other direction. Or to occupy oneself with anything else. It's just natural now to move immediately towards salah. Start preparing for it, well in time, before time. It is like a person now sees the hot day, and he's thirsty, and he sees cold water, he's immediately inclined to it. And he wants to have it immediately. And he'll wake up and go get it also. Likewise, there is a thirst, natural thirst for tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. There is a natural thirst for the zikr of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. There is a natural thirst for righteous actions. There is a thirst and a hunger to serve the deen of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. There is this, whatever Allah ta'ala is going to be pleased with has become something natural to do it. And what Allah will be displeased with, like a person sees some snake, some scorpion, he runs naturally. Nobody has to give him any bayan at that time. Nobody has to stand there and encourage him. That please do yourself a favor and move away from there. That person will still be giving his bayan, he'll be far away already. Of his nature, he knows what's a snake all about. He knows what's a scorpion. So likewise, the nature has become such that any aspect of guna, of sin, of disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, Naturally, the tabiat just runs away from it. Naturally, the eyes turn away. Naturally, the heart just turns away. So the first nature. Now this is the effect of what? All this is the effect of tazkiyah. The tazkiyah which Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Qur'an Sharif, when the tazkiyah was taken to heart, not just something by the way, it was taken as a primary objective. And when that level of commitment was given to it, then these people, mashallah, reached that level. So now this is, we are far, far away from it yet. But we need to have a goal. 
We need to have a destination, a direction in terms of tazkiyah itself also. That I need to cleanse my heart. I need to adorn it with the righteous qualities. I need to develop taqwa in my heart. I need to develop that muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. I need to bring that consciousness of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala in my heart. I need to bring in that desire, that zeal, that urge for righteousness. I must have that zeal for salah, for tilawat of the Quran Sharif. I must be naturally inclined towards all the amal. If there's a mujahada involved, that too is fine. That mujahada will be greatly rewarded as well. But I must be able to move in that direction. I must have that spiritual st- energy and stamina to be able to lift my feet and move in the direction of righteousness. To be able to move my eyes away from haram. To be able to hold my tongue away from speaking what's displeasing to Allah wa ta'ala. This comes from the spiritual energy. From that stamina which builds up as a result of tazkiyah. Because person will engage more and more in amal in a better manner. With greater quality. And as a result of that better quality amal, then this keeps enlightening the heart. Filling the heart with more and more noor. Refueling the heart. And not with just any ordinary fuel. The octane which is not available in dunya. This is divinely inspired. Now when that energy has infused the heart, then that is the energy that helps a person to now move in the right direction. And that is the energy that helps him to run from sin. That is what lights up the place for him. Lights up his heart for him. So now this is the effect of tazkiyah. Tazkiyah is an effort. It's a process. Allah Ta'ala says regarding Nabi Islam, He used to make their tazkiyah. They, they presented themselves for that tazkiyah. And Allah's Nabi Islam guided them. And they reached that level which the entire ummah thereafter can't reach. So in any case, this is the very great and primary lesson we learn from here, that this is an objective. It's not something just as a preferable thing. If it happens, mashallah, very good. And if it doesn't happen, well, like some mustahab, some nafil act. No, that mustahab and nafil also is not to be left out, just without any concern for it. If person didn't do it, he's not going to be taken to task for it. But when he can do it, he shouldn't leave it out also. When he's able to do it, he should make the effort to do it. Because that too has a very great impact on that noor of the heart. On that light and noor that becomes the energy to do what is necessary also. So in any case, this was the second aspect mentioned in the ayat of the Quran Sharif, and the third aspect, and he teaches them the Quran and the Sunnah, Kitab and Hikmah. So Nabi Islam taught it, the Sahaba learned, their students learned it, and it came down in that unbroken chain. The lesson in this is we too have to learn at least that much which helps us and enables us, makes it possible for us to conduct our lives correctly. That much is compulsory. That much of the Quran Sharif, of the Sunnah, whether it is in a formal manner, whether it is in an informal manner, but we have to acquire that basic amount of knowledge, whether it pertains to our amal, our ibadat, so mashallah, many generally, and that too is not a given that everybody does it, or everybody had that opportunity. Many a person unfortunately never had that opportunity for whatever reason. And then life 
past, now the realization came, there should never ever be any hesitation to go and learn at any point in time. There is no barrier of age in acquiring the knowledge of deen. So especially the fundamentals, learning how to fulfill the fundamental a'mal, our taharat, our salah, and all the other a'mal that are compulsory, to learn how to do this correctly, that's farz. So if for any reason that didn't happen yet, that must happen. But otherwise, mashallah, with the effort of the makatib, etc., many get that opportunity to learn the basics of deen. In terms of the a'mal, in terms of taharat, of salah, of fasting, of zakat, hajj, and various other aspects. But then there are many things which are still left for later in life. Because it's not directly and immediately applicable to a person at that young age. So often because of the lack of time, whatever, limitations. So the details are not now all discussed or possible to discuss at that time. Or teach the child at that time. But then as life progresses now, now a person has grown... Now he's getting into a job, he's getting into a business, he's getting into so many things, he's dealing with people all the time, but has he learned how to deal correctly? What is going to keep his income pure? What is going to keep it halal and tayyib? What's going to save it from any tinge of anything haram and even anything doubtful? He has to learn. Without knowing it, without learning it, he's going to make serious blunders sometimes. And as a result, what he thinks is right is going to be seriously wrong. And when that income is tainted, when it is now contaminated, and even though it's sometimes a mistake, it won't be sinful if it was a mistake, but the effects will come in it. A person ate some poison by mistake, so he won't be sinful because it was a mistake, but poison is poison. So therefore this requires that a person now inquires, he's finding out, how to conduct himself as a person now in business, as a person in some job, some profession, that profession now, so many different issues come up for him. He needs to inquire, needs to know what's right, what's wrong. Likewise, now a person moves on in life, he gets married. How to live as a person who is married now? How to live as a husband? How to live as a wife? How to live as a person who is now a father, a mother, so all this now becomes part of life, but we just carry on without learning. Now the person has moved on into so many other things. So all this also has to be learned. Prior to Nabi Islam coming and teaching all this, they were in complete clear deviation, gone astray completely. Just as that was the case before Nabi Islam came, and then he brought the light of knowledge, and he then enlightened the world. But if we stop that procedure and that whole process, then we'll go back into Dalal and Mubin. So this has to continue. If it stops at any place, Allah forbid so many places in the world, and not necessarily we have to go far and wide, it has happened around us as well, that they, over time, because of lack of any involvement in deen, learning deen, sending the children to the makatib, people themselves learning and being in the company of ulama, etc. Gradually things drifted so far away that the next generation came. Besides their Muslim names, they had no idea about Islam. So this becomes Dalalim Mubin again. So this is the very clear 
explanation that Allah Ta'ala has given us in the Quran Sharif of what was the primary functions of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But in that is the lesson and message for us. That we have to latch on to all these amal, all these aspects, cleanse our lives, cleanse our hearts, and attach ourselves to the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, to the amal of deen, to acquiring the knowledge of deen. This will become a means of this dunya becoming a place of sukood as well. And then that road that we want to pass through and get to the destination of Jannah safely, inshallah this too will become very easy for us. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala bless us with the tawfiq. Allah ta'ala grant us the tawfiq of bringing all this alive. The tilawat of the Quran Sharif, this effort of tazkiyah, learning deen, that knowledge of deen, the Quran and sunnah, and da'wat itself, all this must become part of our lives. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala bless us with the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 
على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هم إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا لا تؤاخذنا إن نسينا وأخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله forgive all our major and minor sins يا الله إله العالمين whatever we did deliberately what we did mistakenly يا الله Allah forgive us forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم Allah shower your maghfirat on the ummah يا الله shower your rahmat on the ummah يا الله إله العالمين يا الله Allah don't take us to task يا الله إله العالمين يا الله Allah we are too weak يا الله إله العالمين guide us يا الله grant us your special guidance يا الله Allah inspire our hearts towards righteousness يا الله inspire our hearts towards how to get close to you يا الله إله العالمين يا الله purify our hearts out of all the evils يا الله remove all the evil qualities from us يا الله fill and adorn our hearts with all the noble and beautiful qualities يا الله إله العالمين make us مزكّى يا الله إله العالمين grant us complete تزكيه يا الله بدعافية يا الله إله العالمين make us your true lovers يا الله make us among your أشاق يا الله make us among those whose hearts are filled with your محبت يا الله whose hearts are filled with the محبت of رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم with the love of دين يا الله with the love of the أعمال of دين يا الله with the love of the efforts of دين يا الله الله use us in our progeny to القيامة for the خدمة of دين يا الله with إخلاص عافية قبولية يا الله إله العالمين يا الله الله you save us from all the vices and evils يا الله الله you save us from all the فتنة and فساد يا الله الله save the entire أمبت يا الله save our progeny to القيامة يا الله الله save us and save our progeny from all the فتنة and فساد يا الله الله from all the shamelessness يا الله from all the obscenity يا الله from all the vulgarity يا الله إله العالمين يا الله save the entire أمبت يا الله الله those who are bent on trying to harm Islam and the Muslims يا الله those who are plotting and scheming and planning يا الله إله العالمين save us يا الله الله you are the guardian of دين يا الله الله you protect the Muslims يا الله الله make their schemes fail يا الله إله العالمين يا الله grant them هدايت يا الله هدايت is not decreed for them الله wipe them out from the face of this earth يا الله إله العالمين enable us to perform our five times salah with جماعة يا الله with خشوع and خدوع يا الله enable us to recite the Quran شريف daily يا الله enable us to be forever in your remembrance يا الله enable us to talk to you in dua daily يا الله Allah inspire our hearts towards righteousness ya Allah make us love deen ya Allah make us love the amal of deen ya Allah 
Make us hate sin, Ya Allah. Make us hate all vice, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you protect us from all the evils and vices, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who are sick in them, Shifai Kamil, Aatila, Mustamidra, Daima. Allah, remove every taste of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, those are any kind of difficulty and hardship. Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, grant sukoon and itminan to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant tayyi halal and tayyi risk, Ya Allah. Filled with barakat, Ya Allah. Save us from every drop and grain of haram and doubtful things, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who have passed away, make the complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Raise their stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Allah, at the time of our death also, Ya Allah. Allah, take us with perfect iman, Ya Allah. Take us on La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, grant us the water of Kawthar from his Mubarak hand, Ya Allah. Allah, we enable us to cross the full sirat with the speed of lightning, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us the shade of your arsh on the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah. Enable us to cross the full sirat with the speed of lightning, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Allah, don't take us to task on the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah. Ya Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those, Ya Allah, who have asked us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands for this dua, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you are the know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's jayas needs, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Remove each one's, Ya Allah, sorrows, anxiety, grief, worry, depression, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant every khair and barakat to one and all, Ya Allah. Allah, fill the homes with khair and barakat, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of communities, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all that we have asked for, Ya Allah. Out of your grace and mercy, Ya Allah, bless us with it, Ya Allah. What we should have been asking and did not ask, Ya Allah. Bless us with that as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaq wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-adhi al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi jama'in walhamdulillah